I'm Dr. Chris Meyer. This is the Negotiation Innovation Podcast. We are headed down the home stretch in our series on strategic negotiation. If you haven't been tuning in, you can go back and you can check starting at the beginning of 2021. I wanted to do something very specific, something that was focused, and I think the idea of strategic negotiation is one that's very important. And so for this entire season, we've been focused on different aspects of strategic negotiation. We have a couple of episodes left. This episode, we start the focus on our outcomes. This episode is focused on creative problem solving for creative outcomes. Honestly, we get locked in, right? When we go into a negotiation, we go in with an idea of where we're headed. We go in with an idea of what it is we're trying to accomplish, what it is the outcome looks like, and we give up on things outside of that. When something is proposed that is different, very often, even seasoned negotiators will shoot down the idea. No, 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 we can't do that. We're here to achieve this thing that I thought of before I walked in the door. So I want to talk about that a little bit. What are some of the things that stand in our way of a creative outcome? And how can we get around it? So one of the first things that we have talked about before on this podcast is our bias. We come into every situation with some previous experience, with a preconceived idea about how we're going to negotiate, with a preconceived idea about what we'll accept and what we won't, and that's a bias. We're already leaning one way or the other. Now, I'm not saying don't prepare. I'm not saying go in and let's see what we can find. But I am saying, and I've said this before, and I will continue to say this, we need to hold very tightly to our interest in the negotiation. The interest is why are we even in the room? Why are we negotiating at all? Hold tightly to that interest, but hold those positions very loosely. I've got to be willing to give up on my positions if there's a better way to get my interest met. Let go of that bias. Now, part of what stands in the way with that bias is typically the negotiations that we're involved in in a business sense are somewhat routine. We've done this in the past. We've negotiated with supplier in the past. We've negotiated with the raw material vendor. We've negotiated with customers. We've negotiated with our boss, with our peers. We've got a routine. It's something that works. That plays into our bias. Well, I know that if I do this, that's going to move my boss in my direction. I know that if I provide this benefit, 
that will move the supplier in my direction. So that routine, that paradigm that we have, and a lot of times training programs perpetuate this. Very often when we're training our salespeople, when we're training our, our forward-facing employees, we put them through a very rigorous program that tells them how to react, that tells them, some, some of these even tell them the words to say. That shuts down creativity. Now, in some situations, that's what you want. But, oh, not if we're trying to really negotiate. If this is important outcomes, if this is high-level negotiation and we're shutting people down, we're telling them the words to say, we're taking creativity out of the process. It doesn't help. It's not a positive. Some of this comes from fear. Some of this comes from either the organization not being willing to put that trust in their people or the negotiators not being willing to step out in fear that they may end up in a bad position. They may end up with a bad deal. They may end up with no deal. They may recall past failures, past times that they have stepped out, and it led to a less than desirable outcome. There are a lot of things that can stand in the way. We may point to past mistakes or the fact that we're being judged in our organization. And if we're in that situation where we're judged, our mistakes are going to be costly, then it puts us in a situation where we're unwilling to be creative in our negotiation. And so there's some context to this. There's some situational effect. If I know that I go into a negotiation and it doesn't go the way that I predicted it would go, I end up with a different outcome and that the higher-ups in my organization are going to look at that outcome, they're going to judge me on that outcome, they're going to evaluate me on that outcome, and I'm not sure that it'll be a positive evaluation well, certainly I'm not going to go out and look for that creative outcome. I'm going to go with the routine outcome, the one that I know is going to lead me into a situation that's predictable with the bosses, with the organization. Or in a family situation, with my spouse, with my kids. I know that if I do things a certain way, the reaction is going to be controlled and I know what that reaction is going to be, it makes it very easy for me to step away from creativity. So part of it is fear, fear of the unknown. If I try something new, what will happen in the negotiation? In my negotiation classes, we do this every time we meet. We sit down and we work through ambiguous situations. 
It's the opportunity for the students to try new things. It's the opportunity to, rather than do things the way they've always been done, to try some of these concepts that we're talking about, to approach the negotiation differently, to let go of some of that past bias, some of the way that we've always done things kind of thinking. And so what we want to do in these situations is let go of that bias. We don't necessarily have to go in thinking that we have the right answer. We go in thinking that we have an answer. I think that's, that's a good thing. We need to go in thinking that we do have an answer. But it's not necessarily right. It's not even necessarily the most right answer. We can probably find an answer that'll work just as well with some creative thinking. We may be able to find an answer that's better. And we can probably find some answers that are worse. But that's the job of the negotiator. In the creative problem-solving sense, the negotiator's job is to evaluate the opportunities and to agree to the opportunity that has the most potential. That's really the job of the negotiator. It's not the haggling. It's not the back and forth. Another thing that stands in our way in finding creative outcomes in our negotiations is strict adherence to rules. And I don't mean go out there and break all the rules, you know, do things that are, that are against the corporate policy, do things that are against the norms in the organization, the norms in the industry. But what I'm talking about is we need to question why things are being done the way they are. Is it merely because we've always done it that way in the past? Or is there a benefit to it? Is that benefit something that happens every time? Or did it happen randomly? Is it something that we need to reevaluate? So we need to think about this. Why are we negotiating in the way that we are? Are these rules important to the outcome? And if they're not, then we need to be able to question those and to think differently about it and to come up with some different ideas about how we're going to approach the negotiation beyond those rules. I think we censor ourselves a lot when we're making offers, when we're making concessions, when we're having discussions in negotiations because we don't want to come off as impractical. Be willing to be impractical. Put things out there that are maybe not something that's always done in the negotiation. Maybe something that seems feasible, but we don't know. Put it out there as a possibility. Now, how you do that is important, right? Not just crazy wild hair idea, here's something crazy, let's try this. But instead, talk to the other parties. What would it look like for you if we did this? How would this impact your business? How would this impact your product that you're developing? Be willing to put those things out there that are not necessarily the practical ideas. 
and be willing to be wrong. I hate to say it, but we fear being wrong. Be willing to be wrong. Be willing to make a mistake. Make that mistake and learn from it. Make that mistake and let the other parties learn as well. We need to be working towards better solutions, better outcomes, better ideas, and be willing to put contingencies on it. Let's try this. Let's do it this way this time. Let's change things up a bit and try something new. That is a really powerful thing to put in front of people. Now what's going to happen is people are going to be a little reticent to follow along with you. And it's because we as a people have a desire to mitigate our ambiguity. We're looking for ways to remove ambiguity from our life. In pretty much every aspect of our life, we're looking for ways to remove ambiguity. So we have to be aware of that. We have to be aware that it's going to be a tough sell sometimes. Selling someone on a creative outcome that may not have clarity in how it will resolve. So again, this is a great opportunity for that contingent language. Let's try this. And if we get the outcome that I think we'll get, the split looks like this. The outcome for you looks like this. The outcome for me looks like this. That contingent language is powerful. Or we can always say, We'll try it this way this time, and if not, we fall back to the way that we've done business in the past. So it mitigates that ambiguity. We're going to have ambiguity for a short period. I think we can get better with this different way, this different outcome. But if we don't get better, we know we can go back to the way that we've done business. Don't hide the ambiguity. It, what that does is it really builds some mistrust in the relationship. It builds some mistrust in the negotiation. If we're trying something creative and if it's something that we haven't done before in our negotiation, we haven't, we haven't done this this specific way, so we're going to try it, be sure to embrace that ambiguity. I know this is new. I know we haven't done this this way before. I know that what we're trying is something that we haven't tried before, and I think the outcome will be better, but it's not a certainty. So what do you say we give this a shot? That kind of language, right? We have to be willing to embrace that ambiguity. Not every party is going to be willing to embrace the ambiguity, but the reality is there's a lot of ambiguity around us, that we try to erase, and a lot of times we ignore it. 
We go on with our day. We pretend that ambiguity isn't there, but it's all around us. So why not take that ambiguity, put some contingent language behind it, and really look for the way that we can leverage it, the way that we can get to a really creative, really interesting, and really beneficial outcome for everyone involved in the negotiation. Thanks for listening to the Negotiation Innovation Podcast. I would appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that I can reach a wider audience. You can find more information about these ideas on my website at meyernegotiation.com. Thanks. See you next time.